Hello and welcome to Baseball Bite. For people who'd rather listen to the game than to a podcast about it. It's your quick end of the week roundup of a few stories of interest. As always, no time to lose. The pitch clock is running. Let's play ball. It's often noted that baseball players come in all shapes and sizes. And if I were to ask you to imagine a typical player, then you'd probably need me to be a little bit more specific about position and role before you gave me an answer. But even then, for every muscle-bound god that is a Noah Syndergaard, there is a Bartolo Colon. For every giant that is Aaron Judge, there's the pocket rocket that is Mookie Betts. And this week, a couple of the heroes riding to the rescue of their teams have certainly run the whole gamut when it comes to physique and style. There was, as I mentioned in the last episode, as huge a buzz as can be expected from the arrival of not one, but two of Seattle's top prospects. And although most of the attention, for good reason, was on Jared Kelnick, the arrival of right-hander Logan Gilbert, also called up from AAA, was met with much excitement at yesterday's debut against Cleveland. This was, in fact, according to MLB Sarah Langs, the first time that a team has had two prospects with such a high-ranking debut on the same day and only twice has there been two top 100 players arriving in the same game. That exclusive band being the then Padres Manuel Margot and Hunter Renfro in 2016, and Miami's Christian Yelich and Jake Mrznik in 2030. Much has been written about Jared and his already impressive numbers, but even without the barest understanding of stats, just one look at the physicality, power and striking looks of the still not yet 22-year-old tells its own loud and proud story. This is a player who not only talks of being the best in the majors, but also openly speaks of his aim of becoming Hall of Fame quality. Coupled with his impressive social media presence, he already has his own clothing range and JK brand established, confidence is not something that the Mariners' golden one lacks. Or as Seattle Times' Ryan Divish says, he's as if some sort of baseball cyborg had been created in a laboratory, the way that everything about him, physically and mentally, has been manufactured towards one single winning goal. On the other hand, Logan Gilbert is a long-legged, lanky, right-handed pitcher who in his spare time likes to play the ukulele and as Mariners fan site Lookout Landing says, is, compared to the cocksure Jared, much more the classic Pacific Northwest type of character even though he actually comes from Florida. His origins being in fact very important as he went to Stetson University, the same school as Corey Kluber and Jacob deGrom, which needless to say is an establishment that knows something about producing impressive pitching talent. And although last night was not the debut that Ivor were presumably envisaging when they dreamt of that special moment, Jared went 0 for 4 and Logan gave up 4 runs, they both showed very obvious inklings of the sort of power and stuff that the team, not to mention the fans, will be hoping to see a lot more of from now on. And during this season, the Mariners have had something of a reputation as comeback kids. And last night, that was the hope more than ever. Because into the eighth, we were all looking up data yet again on no-hitters. This time, the suspicion being that the baseball gods were about to give Cleveland, and specifically Zach Plesak, a consolation prize. He had managed the strange quirk of fate of starting in both games in which recently the Indians were no-hit against the Reds and White Sox. Only the second time since 1973 that that had happened with the team's same starter pitcher. And with that, him keeping Seattle hitless into the eighth, if he had had managed to then throw a no-hitter himself, then it would have been the first time in history for a starter to do so in the same season. But it was not to be, thanks to another hero, shortstop J.P. Crawford, who finally managed to put a stop to any dastardly plans of those fiendish baseball gods with his line-drive single, followed by Dylan Moore's two-run homer for the final 4-2 loss. As I say, those heroes come in all shapes and sizes, and baseball is a story that is told through a whole range of characters. 
So at the other end of the spectrum from the ripped Adonis that is Jared Kelnick, we saw this week Mets rookie catcher Patrick Mazika, who in his own slightly less toned way made history while also doing his bit for pasty white dad bods everywhere. Having had his jersey torn off twice in celebrations for the, all the world to see and for friends to apparently deluge him afterwards with texts asking him how he managed to be quite so pale. With a walk-off fielder's choice in Tuesday's 4-3 win over the Orioles, followed on from his walk-off swinging bunt in last Friday's 5-4 win over Arizona, he became the first MLB player in the last 100 years to record multiple walk-off RBI without yet managing his first career hit. Not to mention the first player since at least 1920 to have multiple walk-off RBIs in his first four career games. It was a moment that certainly brought attention to a player whose main claim to fame until now was him being Jacob de Grom's off-season catcher, as Mr. Mazika also attended the aforementioned Stetson University, and they both still live near each other in Florida. So now he has an extra accolade to be proud of, if only for the fact that he's reminded us that while it's true not all heroes wear capes, they don't necessarily have six-packs either. That arrival of the two great golden hopes for Seattle's future at least brought some welcome distraction after the dismay earlier this week of being swept in a two-game series over in Dodger Stadium. The Mariners will not be mourning the fact that they don't play LA again this season, especially if it means not seeing their nemesis, Dodger starter Julio Rios, who after a very rocky start against the Angels last Friday, bounced back in fine form, only allowing two hits and one run in Wednesday's game. Which means that in the two starts faced, he has kept the Mariners to just three hits and struck out 17 batters. The Dodgers, meanwhile, after a nightmare slump, enjoyed a much-needed jolt, both offensively and defensively. And that 7-1 victory, following on from Tuesday's 6-4 result, was not only the first consecutive win since mid-April, but also the first time they'd managed to score six or more runs in successive games since then. Needless to say, they'll be hoping to continue to ride that momentum as they head into the series against Miami this weekend. Somebody who has not been in any sort of slump is Yankee started pitcher Garrett Cole. He was as ever dominant on Wednesday with 12 strikeouts over 8 innings towards the eventual 1-0 shutout defeat of the Rays, which not only passed the 1,500 career strikeouts milestone, but also made it a total of 56 punchouts since he last issued a walk, a record that having passed Greg Maddox's 53 is tied now with Kurt Schilling. Note that that, of course, is in parallel with the record that Milwaukee's Corbin Burns has been chasing, the most strikeouts without a walk by any type of pitcher to begin a season. And indeed, on his return from the IL yesterday Thursday, he managed to break Kenley Jansen's 2017 record of 51 and reached 58 Ks before issuing a walk to Tommy Edmund. Which is interesting, as the writing was on the wall with Mr. Edmund, who, as again Sarah Langs pointed out recently, had been the one batter in a previous game to come the closest to being a threat when he saw six three-ball pitches. So the question now is whether that record for Mr. Burns will have a very limited shelf life. If Garrett Cole can make that final push, and in his next outing, if he were to strike out at least another three batters, then he will have the ultimate record for any pitcher in any span to have the most strikeouts without issuing a walk. As for that game last night, in spite of the personal milestone, it was arguably not much comfort for the Brewers, which in spite of Corbin Burns' best efforts, was no match for a dominant Jack Flaherty in the eventual sweeping 2-0 defeat by the Cardinals. And that came coming off the previous night's disaster, in which Milwaukee starter Freddie Peralta had a stunning seven shutout innings, managing to limit the Cardinals to just one hit, only to have the game tied in the eighth, and then for it all to collapse into the mayhem of extra innings and a final 6-1 win for St. Louis. So yes, this defeat meant a roll of five consecutive wins for the Cardinals, and with that, an opened-up lead of three games ahead of Milwaukee, which is currently the biggest lead in any division standings. 
Ah, that's St. Louis comeback and extra innings is not the only game this week to remind us of how true that old Broadway wisdom is, as the baseball bike choir reminds us. It really is all about where you finish in life, not where you start. Indeed, as that famously large singing lady would no doubt agree. For Atlanta, as well as the anguish of having been swept by the Blue Jays in the past three days, it adds to the misery of a crushing 6-0 win for Toronto in the entire season series. What makes it worse for the Braves is the lingering sense of what could have been, what with on Tuesday leads of 2-0 and then 3-2 blown. Not helped when you have the likes of Vladimir Guerrero Jr. as your opponent, all part of a three-run chaotic eighth-inning ending with defensive mishaps and a bases-loaded walk leading to Toronto's eventual 5-3 win. And yesterday's win to close the sweep showed off the other two notable presences from around the Blue Jays' horn, Kavan Bijo with an RBI double and Bobichet's two-run double in the ninth, all ensuring a decisive 8-4 victory. And again, as a reminder that it's not the start, but whether you can keep it up that matters, as the bishop said to the actress, after everything looking pretty positive for Kansas City, the wheels do seem to have come off the royal train rather this week, and in a painfully frustrating fashion. Having lost eight games, Tuesdays against the Tigers saw Detroit with a 7-0 lead until the eighth inning, only for Kansas City to fight back and tie the game, and then still lose it to a Robbie Grossman walk-off single. And with Wednesday's 4-2 loss and yesterday's 4-3 final sweep by Detroit, what is now a veritable skid of 11 consecutive losses by Kansas City stands as the longest streak in the majors. And another team that seems to be mightily struggling is Minnesota, which is just coming off a disastrous three-game sweep at the hands of the ever-dominant White Sox, who are now 16-5 in the last 21-game stretch. What with Jose Abreu continuing to be a formidable force over the series, is Manny Grandel homing on back-to-back days, and upcoming prospect Andrew Vaughan getting his first career home run, there is much for Chicago to be feeling good about at the moment. Meanwhile, Miami will continue to be grateful for starting pitcher Trevor Rogers and Jesus Aguilar, who did their solid bit to ensure a 5-1 win last night over the Diamondbacks, and thus splitting a series which certainly had its extremes, and in particular the thrills and spills of Tuesday, when Arizona's Madison Bumgarner seemed to really find a return to his old ways after the struggles that we've seen at the start of the season. And with the Arizona bats utterly on fire, with five runs in the fifth and five again in the eighth, Miami did not stand a chance against Tuesday's snakish onslaught of an eventual 11-3 defeat. Ah, yes, seeing that I started the podcast with mention of that finely figured player Noah Syndergaard, my little urchin friend only thought it right that we should mention an interview that Mr. Thor did with GQ magazine this month, where he talks about his self-betterment regime, which includes all sorts of intriguing remedies, potions and grounding himself to the earth. Mm. Not to mention sessions in ice-cold baths, hyperboric chambers and infrared saunas. He also pines on his views about how baseball and humanity has gone soft and that we could all do with sitting in an ice bath literally and spiritually. So it's a fascinating insight into a somewhat unique character. And depending on your viewpoint on things, I'm sure you will either find it to be an uplifting read or just a load of hyperbolics. Ah, that joyous sound of the Mariners, home run porn, can only mean one thing. It's time for me to trot around the base and get myself home. But until next time, my friends, never forget that sometimes in life, a quick bite is all that you need. Make sure that you subscribe, follow at Baseball Bite. But until next time, happy baseball.